How much do I owe you for a drink? Oh, don't worry about it. Did you get the Hunger McGee's? I didn't know what you were talking about. There was just uh there was just uh turkey. Like Jack Links? Yeah, but you said Hunger McGee's. I didn't see anything of that such. I saw hot and what'd you ask for? Sassy and Sweet and sassy. Sweet. I didn't see any of that. I saw sweet and hot. And I was like, I don't think he wants that. So I got you Kit Kat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I appreciate that also. You're welcome. This is a tripod broadcast. You're listening to Barnhill Outdoors Podcast. Just three average, raw, relatable hunters sharing tactics, tips, and stories. No scripts. So just sit back and enjoy the reliving of outdoor memories and their pursuit for a new adventure. We're back for another episode of the Barnhill Outdoors Podcast. As always, this is Rick along with uh, Corey and Brett. We have a special guest with us tonight, Eric Fenton. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing well, guys. How are you? Good. Doing good. good. Fantastic. Definitely glad to have you on the show. Uh, Brett said that you've been eagerly waiting for your turn, <laughs> and we only get to the best later on in, in our list <laughs> save, of people. Save the best, save for, the best last, for last. Not later? Last, later. Later. Best for later. Save the, <laughs> save the best for episode 21. Two. Be 22. <laughs> 22. All right. All right. All right. So the 22 <laughs> no, episode special. It. But uh, if you want to, Eric, go ahead and just kind of give us a, a brief lowdown on who you are, where you're from, and just, uh, yeah, what, just kind of. What fill, you're doing here. Yeah. What you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you said, my name is Eric Fenton. I live in Middleton, Wisconsin, which is, uh, where the actual white tundra is, not Chicago. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Um, wanted to do the wanted to plug that for you real quick, buddy. Um, <clears throat> I've lived here my entire life. Um, I am a cousin to both Brett and Corey, and I've been around. I've been around Rick most of my life. Um, spent many uh, summers hanging out with you guys. Um, grew up in a family that was all about you know, being in the outdoors and everything. And it was something that we all kind of bonded and shared throughout our childhood and continue to share as we're adults. So pretty great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So I say this literally every week we have somebody on, we don't don't have have an agenda. agenda. (laughs) So we're probably going to change our podcast name to no agenda. Oh, that's actually a, that's actually a pretty (laughs) really big podcast, but yeah. So, uh, Thank you for the introduction. So I just kind of want to, anybody that has questions for you, we'll go ahead and start asking and um, probably just kind of jump into your love for the outdoors and uh, for sure. all that jazz. So Corey, Brett, do you guys want to kick it off? So do we want to talk about deer first or the rabbit hunting or the trout? <laughs> Let's talk about what's your introduction. Sorry to, <laughs> ask you to ask you question. before we get to that. Like kind of like his inter- sorry his introduction to yeah, like the Brent. outdoors his love for the hunting and stuff. Oh, Maybe. so his yeah. his history. Yeah, his, yeah, history. Yeah, let's start. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Brett's always the meat and potatoes man. Just skips right over the appetizers. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, I grew up. Uh, my family, we we own well. My parents own eight acres. Um, a lot of it is wooded. Um, and man, I grew up outside every day. I had the privilege of having my grandpa around uh, with me quite all the, quite often. 
Um, and when I wasn't helping him doing stuff around there, you know, cutting up trees, mowing, all the fun stuff, building this, building that, fixing this, fixing that, we were either, you know, shooting our bows or, you know, shooting clay pigeons, shooting squirrels, getting my ass knocked over by a 20 gauge when I was, you know, seven <laughs> years old. Because my grandfather thought it was the best idea to just like, hey, you should shoot this. And I shot it. Yeah, I ended up on my butt. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of nice. Uh, but no, I've, I've, I've uh, had my share of um, wins and trophies, and I've had my share of dismal outings that I just can't believe things have happened the way they did. And it's just been, it's been a ride the whole time. And it, it's always something I keep getting drawn back to no matter what's going on. I always find myself being pulled outside. Yeah. I know Eric, you, you actually picked up bow hunting, I think before Brett or I, Oh, long before I me. Mean, he was, sure. he was shooting bows way earlier than I was. I mean, killed deer definitely yeah. way before i did so maybe um what about that <laughs> well with the I, bow, uh, i think yeah i picked up i picked up archery when i was eight years old my parents had bought me you know like the little the walmart bow that you can find for you know like a real young kid the one that they they draw back they shoot at a target and it just goes and bounces off the target something actually stick in <laughs> you know got one of them, and, <laughs> I think, I mean, that was, that's kind of what started like the excitement for that. And it wasn't very long until I had a bow that was, um, actually something I could hunt with. I would say by the, by the time I was 10 years old, I, I actually had a bow that I could draw back at, you know, 35 pounds, which is legal hunting for deer. And I was out shooting that thing all the time. I mean, constantly. And I absolutely loved it. I'm, I, I, I will uh, brag a little bit on this part. I am a much better shot with a bow <laughs> than I am with a gun. It sounds so stupid. It makes absolutely no sense. But I have missed more deer with a gun than I have with a bow. <laughs> well, you got that. <laughs> By far. You got that 50 times optical on your bow. So, I mean, I mean it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got a, and I mean, I got, I just got a new scope on my, on my rifle and everything. And, I still can't hit anything with it, so <laughs> and we, they just put a put a, a you know a peep sight, the pin in front of me, and I'm good. But Eric, when you first started shooting your bow, you shot natural, right? You didn't use. Peep I did. Sight. I shot instinctive. I didn't pick up the That's sight until the the year that I uh, the year that I actually started hunting was when I was 12, and I actually put a sight on at that point. But until then, I had shot instinctive. Because yeah, um, your dad, your dad little, still does, right? Uh, yeah. When, well, I, I guess kind of, he, he can't really pull a bow back anymore because his shoulder's messed up, mm-hmm. but he uses a, uh, a Raven R10 crossbow, um, which if you ever get a chance to shoot one there, gosh, those things are incredible. Um, yeah, they're one of our sponsors. <laughs> you know, I was Someday. hoping that I could put that plug in for you, but it's, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, he shot instinctive. My grandfather shot instinctive. The amount of stories that they shared to me when I was a kid, I was just like, yeah, no way. Like, there's no way that's true. But the thing is, is, you know, when they both tell you the story and then you go and see your extended family, they they tell the exact same story. You kind of go, 
okay. Like, I believe that now. Like, that's, that's insane, like, what you guys used to do. Yeah. And now, you know, it's like my grandfather will still to this day, like, I used to shoot at Stinkdave, and you got all these fancy things that help you guys. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you make me feel kind of small right now, yeah. you know? But um, it's just it's a different time. And how I grew up, I, I would, I don't necessarily think it would be the best thing to go and think of now with these new uh, technology on the bows and everything. They're just so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. Really, part of being instinctive is being able to see the flight path and then just getting a gauge for what it does at at any yardage that you're you're shooting. Yeah, they, I mean, bows have come a long way from you know twenty years ago and thirty yeah, years ago, ten years ago, yeah, even ten years ago. And yeah, but I think in some ways they've actually kind of reverted back to similar ways that they were probably 20, 30 years ago when you had real heavy, you know, back then they had heavy mm -hmm. aluminum arrows mm -hmm. and real heavy bow, hardly any let off, but you know, they're shooting. First, yeah. First year ways. I ever killed with a, with a bow was with a big old heavy aluminum arrow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then for, for the longest time there, everyone's like, Oh, we've got 310 feet per second. Oh, we got 320. It doesn't necessarily matter what the feet per second is. It matters the weight behind the arrow essentially you're you're trying to build up kinetic energy right which has that breaking power to get through the shoulder if you happen to hit it yep you know you're not out there on the, with the aim to to hurt deer you're out there to make yourself as efficient as you can so why not put your equipment in the same in the same boat yep. and and that's kind of what i've done with with my bow now and how i have it set up it's not the fastest it's on the market but it shoots straight. It shoots a nice heavy arrow, and it, it clearly does the job. Uh, I'm extraordinarily happy with it. I hope to not have to buy one for another ten years because they're pricey as I'll get out. Mm -hmm. But right, I, I remember uh, conversation with Uncle Rod, and he was basically saying the same thing. How does he have a new bow? Or is he still using the same one? He's got a new one okay, now. So yeah. at the time, he was using a 10, 15 year old bow, and he said it's not the doesn't shoot the fastest but it shoots true and it kills deer like i'm keeping up with yep. anybody else on the market that has a nicer bow so yeah i mean i i think that speaks a lot like you don't have to have you don't have yeah. to have all the the bells and whistles to kill a deer so yeah. my bow's 13 years old now and i've killed deer with it almost every year since or since i've had it i am considering getting a new one i don't know if it'll be this year or the next year but it's starting to slow down a little bit too much, I think. I'm going to try to make it a little bit heavier, I think, this year. Potentially just do a little bit heavier setup on it. I have a Hoyt in my garage if you want it. No strings? <laughs> it's got <laughs> cut strings, but you can... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know which way I'd go on that, but yeah. I think I will get a new bow at some point soon. Just don't know what kind yet. I really love mine. I have a shooting at least, uh, wow an elite impulse 34 um it i didn't buy it off the line uh it was two years old at the time but it was still in production um and they had a pretty great deal on it i went and shot it and i was impressed on how you know the back wall was and all that and how easy it was to hold i mean i was coming from a bow that i got when i was 14 it was an old browning rage killed a bunch of deer with that thing but you know it was it was starting to show its age and, you know, I was 28, no, 
29 when I got my new bow. So it was 15 years old and it was, it was just about time. So I had the means, um, I had the, the, the fortune, I guess, to be able to, to get one. And it's, it's been a great bow ever since I've actually got a, uh, in my house, in my basement, I have a target that's on the, uh, the back wall. It's 11 yards from end to end in my basement. <laughs> so uh, before every deer season, I'm out here just kind of tuning in, making sure everything's good. And then, you know, I'll go outside and make sure I'm, I'm set usually up to about 40 yards is where I feel comfortable. I can shoot farther, but it's, it's not something that I'm looking at taking a risk at right now. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You it, have that in your basement because you have 10 feet of snow by the time September ends up there in Wisconsin. <laughs> and every Thursday we get like six inches of snow. It's like clockwork. It's, it's crazy. It's phenomenal up here. We ain't got nothing. <laughs> no, we had a, we had like summer's almost over here already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, there was like no snow at all this year. No, no. I think we've gotten I've maybe heard. an inch. Yeah. Maybe an inch all year. So Eric, what was your, you said you, did you say you were 12 when you killed your first deer with a bow? No, I didn't kill my first deer with a bow until I was 14. Okay. That's actually a great story that you guys probably love to share and talk about. Uh, my first year of hunting, I remember the number very, 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 very uh, prominently. My first year of hunting, I was 12 years old. Uh, and I didn't really see many deer that were within range with a bow. So I didn't really get a chance with my bow, but we had shotgun season at the time. They didn't have a rifle season that was open. And um, I had a 20 gauge shotgun that was gifted to me when I was 12 by my grandfather. That's what I was, what I was hunting with. And uh, he had installed a red dot sight on it. <clears throat> I will never in my life ever buy a red dot sight. I don't care how advanced <laughs> they've gotten. I will never buy one again because I could never keep that dot in the middle of that little scope. So good Lord knows where any of those bullets went towards those 32 deer that I missed that year <laughs> in a nine day gun deer season. Oh man, it was, it was like, I, I just sat there and sulked, man. I was like, all my buddies were shooting deer because you know, that, that when I was 12, they didn't have like the youth hunt open and all that. So it was when you turned 12, you got to hunt and all my buddies were shooting deer and everything. And here I am missing a bunch of deer. Very discouraging. <clears throat> um, so my, my actual first deer kill was a doe that I shot when I was 14. Um, and then my first bow kill was when I was 15. And from that point on, I've essentially killed a deer with my bow almost every year since. Thank goodness ammo was cheap back then. <laughs> yeah, right? Especially slugs, man. Those those stabbit round slugs, you could buy mm. a box of those things for like nothing. Of course they they flew straight for about five feet and they went all over the place. So that was uh definitely my excuse for missing all those deer yeah, when I was around so. that age. <laughs> yeah. Well, once they switched over to rifle though, I didn't seem to have too much of a problem. When did they Still, when did they implement that? Um they switched over to rifle about six years after I started hunting. So 2008, 2000, no, maybe 2007, they switched over to allow everyone in Wisconsin to use rifle. I didn't realize Wisconsin uh, they, was a non-rifle state for that long. Mm -hmm. 
for a long time, yeah. So, like, the southern part of the state, they wanted shotgun because it wasn't, uh, like, rolling hills, like, up north and everything. Um, but then they kind of realized that, you know, us Wisconsinites are very responsible, even though we're considered, <laughs> like, the most drunk state in the U.S. But he has a goal. Teach their own. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, betcha. So, yeah, so when I was 18, I switched over. Uh, I'm glad it did. By the time I turned 24, 2014 is when I shot uh, the biggest buck I've I've got, and he's over there hanging on my wall right now. Yeah, um, that was a that was a stud. Uh, yeah. I remember that day pretty vividly on the phone call and the pictures and stuff. But uh, if oh, you want yeah, to walk us through that one, yeah, that's a day I'll never forget. Uh, it was. <clears throat> Opening day of gun season, 2014. So it's the week before Thanksgiving, that Saturday. Woke up in the morning, and the the weather report wasn't supposed to be the best. We were supposed to be getting getting kind of like a sleet rain turning into snow. And uh, I was like, you know, it's opening season, or opening day. I got up, I went outside. We had like an inch of ice on the ground. So we're just like sliding all over the place. And my dad comes out, looks out, and he goes, oh, we shouldn't go out. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, this would be like the perfect time to go out, right? The air is cold, the ground's cold, the wind's cold. Like, these deer are going to be moving. It's the middle of the rut for us. So he goes, all right, that's fine. He's like, I guess we'll go. Uh, happened to have my sister hunting with us that year. <clears throat> so the three of us piled on to our four-wheeler and uh, took a, a, a trip across the road to a property that's owned by uh, my, my folks' neighbor. She's got 40 acres that she lets us hunt on. It's phenomenal. She's an amazing person, and I uh, we're, we're very blessed to be able to hunt there. Um, <clears throat> so we parked the four-wheeler, um, and we started walking out to our stand just to kind of give you an idea. There's a big cornfield. There is kind of a tree line, uh, marshy area, and then uh, a forest kind of area that's back behind that in a creek that runs right in the middle of that forest kind of separating it from the marsh so there's there's water there's bedding there's food um i'm walking to my stand which is on the farthest end of the the property and uh i told my my dad and my sister i said why don't you guys hunt here i'd been seeing a bunch of deer during uh bow season i'd shot a doe out of that stand i had a bunch of deer you know kind of moving through and just out of reach with my bow I said, you guys will have a great chance of doing some damage there today. <clears throat> so they were up there. I waited for them to get up there, and lo and behold, I didn't know this, but my dad had brought an ice scraper that he used to scrape his windshield off because we had built this stand. It'll hold about three people. And he was up there scraping off that stand mm-hmm. with that ice scraper. <laughs> and, I mean, it was just echoing all over the place. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to see a bunch of deer now. <laughs> But I was like, this is so stupid. Like, why did why did we just make this treacherous journey out here just for him to scrape this off, blow everything out of here? So I'm walking and walking, and, up, and I start, I got to my stand and climbed up, sat down, and I kid you not, the second my butt hit the stand, I heard what sounded like either a, a tree falling or a Sasquatch, like, barreling through the woods. And I Probably was like, Sasquatch. what in the world? Probably. No, I know what it was. I looked down, and just bursting out of the woods was 
this is right before shooting, maybe 15 minutes. So I, I've got kind of like a little bit of light that I can see. I can see silhouettes essentially. This doe just tears off out of the woods. And behind her is a buck that I had on camera. He was a, probably a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, eight-point, nice deer. And he um, was chasing her. And behind him was this deer that I have now. Uh, and he was just grunting, growling, pushing on both of them. And he was running right towards my sister and my dad. <clears throat> so I texted them and I said, hey, you guys, there's a group of deer coming towards you. Keep your eye out. We had about 10 minutes still shooting lights comes in <clears throat> so shooting light comes down like to the minute and i happen to look out in the field and there's a deer standing there and i'm not i'm not a i guess like most of us i don't hunt for antlers because you can't necessarily eat them my priority is essentially to get venison so i can eat it once I've got that done, if I have the, the ability to take a, a trophy, I will. Um, so I shot uh, at about 30 seconds after shooting light, I shot a deer that was a little basket rack eight point. And he went about 50 yards, toppled over. And I was just like, oh, okay, I got my deer. Like, I can calm down now, right? Now all I got to do is wait for my dad and my, my sister to get a chance at a deer. <clears throat> so about an hour goes by and I, I'm, I'm about 350 yards away from them and I hear just, you know, the sh a shot ring out. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, great. One of them's got a deer, right? And my dad texts me and he goes, your sister dropped the doe. There's a big buck coming your way. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I stood up and I turned around. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm like, I can't see anything. And I look in the field, there's nothing there. And I look out or towards the marsh, there's nothing there. So I sat back down. And I'm like, all right, well, it didn't come this way. Maybe it jumped the creek and went off on the neighbor's property. It ended up actually coming towards me, but kind of in the marsh where he must have been in an area I couldn't see him. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to look back there and see if I can see if he's around and I turn my head around, he's about 150 yards from me through a little bit of brush. So I pull up my scope and I see him and he starts to shake his head. Like he's getting snow and water off of his head. It seems like it took him forever to start shaking his head. And then it took him forever to stop like the momentum. So like, dang, he's a pretty good sized deer. I can't really, you know, see his rack through the brush and everything. He takes a couple steps over um, to his right and then turns around to face back towards where my dad and my sister are. At this point, I've got a nice opening, but a basketball-sized hole right at his chest. So I bear down, and I shot, and the scope kicked me right in the forehead. Set a big old gash <laughs> in my head. There's a picture that you guys show. I got a big cut on my eye from the scope hitting me in the forehead. I ended up shooting this deer uh, in the heart. He went 30 yards and toppled over. So Dingo. I texted my <laughs> I, uh, texted dad. I was like, hey, I think I got him. He goes, okay, let's just wait a little while. And, you know, you like, you know, you got a decent deer and you think, you know, you've seen it kind of mule kick and 
it's dropped down and kind of pushing on his shoulders. I'm like, okay, I made a good shot, but he's probably dead. All I want to do is get down and see what this thing is, right? And he's like, oh, let's just wait. You know, we keep seeing a bunch of deer step out. So about 15 minutes in, I was like, Dad, I was like, I'm getting down. I was like, I can't wait anymore. <laughs> so I got down, and I'm I'm trying to find like the easiest route to get there, and of course I picked the hardest route to get there. So I ran through a bunch of stickers and briars and stuff, which stick all against my fleece orange clothes uh so i'm covered in burrs and all that stuff and this deer happens to to have uh, expired behind a tree so when i walked up i could see his butt and when i walked around the tree i just kept seeing points coming up <laughs> and ended up that he is a he is a uh, a mainframe 12 He's got five points on the right, seven on the left. Um, he is a pretty symmetrical deer. In my opinion, he is a very pretty looking deer. He uh, he scored out. I just scored him the other day. He was gross score was 152 something. Um, I know you're supposed to do all net score and everything, but I keep thinking of this. They spent all that time growing that bone. I'm going to count all of it, right? <laughs> so, so he's a 152 something and two eight, three eight, or five eight, something like that. And uh, he's just a really great deer. And I saw him, and then I saw my sister and my dad walking towards me, and I was just elated. You know, I was like, "Dad, I shot a 12 point buck!" And man, he was he was so excited, and you know, it was a it was a great great hunt, like one I'm never going to forget. One that I was so glad I got my, my butt out of bed and went <laughs> yeah. out in the icy conditions because, man, it turned out to be one of the best two hunts I've ever been on. <clears throat> well, every day is pretty much icy conditions that time of year, so if that was the case, <laughs> you would never go hunting <laughs> yeah. if you were going to no, skip we, it. We deal with more snow than ice, but true. I don't know. I was like, I was just like, ah, I don't know. I was like, yeah, let's go. It's going to be nice. You know, they're going to be moving. And so sure enough, they were. Between stepping off and to getting to your buck to see it down, how long was that? It seemed pretty quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was within 20 minutes. Oh but my that gosh. 20 minutes felt like, <laughs> that 20 minutes felt like about two and a half years. Oh, so. It was yeah. a stud. It was a really nice buck. But you, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I so got to it, see it. What was it a week later at Thanksgiving, you said? Yep. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was that next Thursday, yeah. It was still hanging and that thing was massive. Well it was still yeah. one of the biggest body deer I've ever seen and I mean, it was all right. Yeah, uh, so he had been fighting too. He uh when we field dressed him, he uh he was hundred and eighty five pounds. So when we field dressed him, I mean, he was a healthy deer, but he didn't have that much fat on him. But he had been, he'd been running everybody off. Yeah. Now, the buck that I shot in 2020, he field dressed, and he was 220 pounds. Wow. Holy smokes. <laughs> he was a big dude. So so, so back to that, that day, you had mentioned that you shot, you had shot a buck in the morning. Yep. And yep. then you shot. a shooting light. And then you shot a second buck, which. To people in Missouri, that's like you're going to jail, you know, like you're like, that's a big sure. problem. But in Wisconsin, they have a pretty unique law. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's called a group 
a group hunting wall? Yeah. Yeah. Depends on who you chat with. When you look at the regulations, I haven't looked at them in a while, but it's it's either a group or a party hunt. Party hunt, yeah. Rule. So essentially what that rule is, is that if you are hunting with a party and you are in within a distance that you can see them, which I'm 350 yards from them, I can see them, right? As long as you can see them, you can you can essentially shoot a deer for them. Right. So in this case, it was completely legal for me to shoot that little basket rack eight and this 12 point and have my dad utilize his tag for that eight point. Of course. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, you should have gave him the big one. You shot the small one first. (laughs) Hey, dad, guess what? You just shot. (laughs) You shot Bambi. Good job. I think that's a really a really unique law. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't have anything like that in Missouri. And that's well, yeah, Lincoln County. Law, know, the reason <laughs> the reason they do it is because the majority of people who are up here and you know, like most places, they're hunting on public land, right? But up here a lot of guys do what they call like a deer drive. Mm. So they'll they'll essentially put like they'll put someone at a pinch point and they'll have a bunch of guys that run through the woods pushing deer towards these people so they can shoot. Always freaking and out. Yeah, they. I've been on public land before and had that opportunity to be part of some deer drives, and it is, it's chaotic. And I'm, I'm not really a big fan of it. I don't partake in those anymore. Uh, I only did it a couple of times, and both times I was terrified because yeah. people just don't look past what they're, what they're shooting. It seems, yeah. and it's like they see brown, they're just like mm-hmm. crazy. But uh, in this instance. That's kind of why that that law or rule is around to benefit the group. Yeah, it's definitely a great. Yeah, it's a great regulation to have. Yeah, I think. I mean, with the with the deer drives, if it's done properly and safely, which I mean, you're always there's always a risk, but I think it can oh, yeah. be you know it can be beneficial to the hunters, especially if you're looking for you know more than one deer to kill, mm-hmm. uh, if that's your sole purpose of meat, but. Like you said, I mean, I, I'm kind of torn between them. I think I've watched videos where they deer, do deer drives, and it's pretty cool. And then again, I'm like, man, I don't know if I if I would want to be a part of that. Yeah, and chances are, if you've got someone that's videoing it, they've got a pretty great system down. But uh, in most cases, again, Wisconsin being, you know, one of the drunkest states around, <laughs> it's a lot of people who are at deer camp that just spent the night, you know, not sleeping and guzzling down bush lattes all night and they <laughs> they may or may not still be intoxicated the next morning i'll let y'all make that decision um so it's not it's not something i'm interested in doing and again i'm i'm blessed to have an area that i can hunt yeah. uh that's not far from my folks house one of the most memorable deer drives i I, I can remember is going to my uncle's house and they had this massive deer drive and everybody's wearing orange. So it just looks like a, a army is invading over the hill and you're just like, mm-hmm. Man. so I'm walking down a fence line and I don't know, my dad was behind me, but I don't know. Was it was me? Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. So the, and then we get down to the, towards the end of the fence and this, it was a big buck, right? I mean, it was from my memory, it was a big one, right? Well, we jumped up a big one, but 
I didn't shoot at it because I didn't know where everybody was. Oh, yeah. And I remember they, they called you off. My dad's like, don't shoot. So-and-so's back there. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they behind me? I thought they were driving deer or whatever. But, yeah, that was uh, that was a The thing is, is you can moment. have a plan. You can have a plan set in place. But who knows if someone's going to deviate from that plan and you don't know where they are. Everybody has a plan to get shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> with a slug or the leg or the leg right brett or the leg what's this story about i want to hear it <laughs> i think it it's been brett embellished is, over brett the is, years uh, is that me it's been what the story gets uh more and more uh <laughs> so here's I'll, I'll just tell the story from my perspective first and eric you can uh you can tell your side you want me to fill in the hole okay yeah so like holes in your leg. <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> I got to do it. What year was that, Eric, you think? 2005? I was legitimately about to say Brett's probably like the best at remembering years of when things happened. Uh, I would say you're an probably pretty close. I'd say 2005, 2006. Anyway, we're young, um, so we don't think quite as uh, clearly as we do now. So anyway, I I'm watching rabbit hunting. Okay, so I need to point that out. And I, I yeah, watched, this wasn't a slug. <laughs> no, so we're rabbit hunting. I have I have bird shot basically. Um, right. But there's a so there's this big oak kind of in this thick stuff, and this rabbit runs and stops directly in front of this oak. And I'm watching it, and I'm watching Eric on the other side of this tree. He also saw the rabbit, and, but he has a tons of brush to get through to get to this rabbit. And I have a clear shot. I could have shoot this rabbit anytime I want to. But I'm watching Eric look at this d- rabbit. About, I about said deer, but this rabbit, and he's just hauling through all this crap trying to get to it. And I'm just sitting there. I don't know if, I guess Eric didn't see me. But I'm just watching well, I all knew the, you were there. Okay, so I was I'll just watching all, all this. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm watching all this go down and eric finally gets to where he can get a shot and he's fairly close to the rabbit too i'll point that out also and he just eases up over this brush and i'm watching all this and as soon as i feel like he's kind of lined up his shot i just pull up and shoot and hit the rabbit and kill it but i guess eric says that uh i was so close he was so close to the rabbit that some of my shot has hit him in the leg or something <laughs> so you're you're saying you, that me, it's not true i'm well i don't remember <laughs> that being in the story until years later that's that's, that's how i feel about oh, it that's, let me let me tell you how it actually went down okay so you're right there was a rabbit that you and i both kind of caught but here's the thing is i had i was carrying a 22 pistol that was handed down from our grandfather when he passed away um and i was gonna instead of blowing it up with my shotgun with within you know five yards of it i was just gonna crawl up there with my 22 and shoot it in the head pick it up and walk out <laughs> so i'm walking all over this brush trying to get in there quietly and i'm just kind of like i'm just looking at brett he's like 20 yards from me he's just kind of watching me he's not like aiming at it or anything you know he's just watching me waiting to see what's gonna happen and I take, like, one more step. I put my right leg forward on a brush, like the brush pile, and I step, put my weight on it to lean over. I had drawn my pistol, and I was leaning over to shoot this rabbit in the head. Uh, I can't help it. And I'm, like, standing there with my with my foot 
like, and it just crunched like a branch. And this branch twitched. I mean, its ear moved a millimeter. And all ears, woo! And then I hear just, I just, I'm wearing real thick coveralls, so I just hear like, <laughs> babies are just like bouncing off my legs, and I was like, Brett. I was like, you just, you just shot me. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I was more angry than the fact that, like, I was working so hard to get this dadgum rabbit. <laughs> Brett sees it move like a millimeter and just pulls out the sheet it. And I was just like, come on, man. Like, I got I'm reflexes right like a ninja. Yeah. Yeah, just right. Twiddle its nose and bam, <laughs> bam, lights uh, out. Yeah, right. I gotta say though, you guys, probably the funnest rabbit hunt that y'all, you and I have ever been on together was my dad bought uh, a tourist judge. And if y'all oh, don't yeah. know what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a pistol that can shoot a forty-five caliber round, but it can also shoot a four ten shell. So he was like, you know, I'm gonna take that rabbit hunting. We had a blast yes. with that thing. That was like the funnest rabbit hunt I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> Just <laughs> popping them up with that thing. It was so easy. I wasn't, you know, like when I did actually get to use it, I was like, good Lord, I'm holding a, a one pound pistol versus a, a six pound shotgun trudging through all this stuff. You know, it was like, hey, we had a great time with that. Yeah, we, and we used to hunt an area where rabbits kind of funneled in a certain way that made it easier to do that. And I remember using that judge and uh, I'm sitting kind of in a blocking position. They're mm-hmm. driving the rabbits down and there's a lot of rabbits. I mean, a bunch of them. And uh, I think how many, how many shells did that thing hold? Was it six? Five. Five? Five. I went through yeah. four <laughs> before <laughs> I went through, well, I went through five, but four misses on the same rabbit and the thing was sitting still. Like, I would shoot, it would take two hops, I'd shoot again, it would hop a couple more times, I'd shoot again, and I'm like, just die already! <laughs> just kept missing. Finally, on the fifth shot, I got the rabbit, and I was like, I mean, Eric, your dad was like, how many did you get? And I'm like, eh, <laughs> just the one? <laughs> What's funny, though, is like, I, I'm, I'm, if I remember correctly, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I, he ended up shooting the most rabbits that day. I mean, he was real proficient with that thing. Yeah. And I was in the same boat that you were, Corey. When I got to it, I, I probably, like, shot, like, ten times before I actually got one. <laughs> but, like, just it being that little bit of a difference made it so much more exciting, you know? <clears throat> it was, well, that was a good spot to hunt when we used, when we used to hunt it. I've yet to shoot a judge. Yeah. Never shot one? Mm-mm. They're pretty fun. Seemed like it. Good I wasn't on that weapon. hunt. You weren't on that one? Mm-mm. That was during my uh, working at the facility days. Mm. Yep. Couldn't yep. get off. Couldn't get days off. Your schedules were really wackadoodle. And that was the same area where yeah. me and Ricky and Brett went. and I think you were there that time when it was snowing. And there was rabbits. I mean, every other step. Oh, you were oh yeah. You went up north? <clears throat> to there. To your, other, your west. House? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, I thought you were uh, up in Wisconsin. No. And, uh, oh, no. I mean, I think we got like 26 or oh 28 rabbits that day. We slayed them that day. <laughs> Ricky, I mean, was calling the shots all day long. All day. I mean, he would, there was just a tuft of grass that was covered in snow, and he'd be like, step on that. There's a rabbit in there. And I'm like, no, there's not. And I'd step on it, and then, pew! 
<laughs> out goes a rabbit. And then we walk a little further and I'm, he's like, I look down, he looks at me, just kind of gives me that head shake. He's like, yep, there's a rabbit in there. I step on it. There goes another one. Then I come to another tuft of grass and I'm like, what about this one? He's like, no, no, not that one. I kick it. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. happens. <laughs> come to a fourth one. I'm like, what about this one? He's like, yep. I'm like, you're full of it. There's no way you're going to call this all four times. Sure enough, I kicked that thing and there goes a rabbit. And we got all four of them. Yeah. We got all of them. And then, uh, what after that? We end up getting four piece. And I, I think there was like six or, yeah, six or so guys. We end up getting four piece. Your dad's like, we don't shoot anymore. Yeah, we don't want to shoot anymore. We, we want to leave rabbits for the next time when Eric and his dad and all them come down. Boom. <laughs> You know, here comes a rabbit right by him. He just lights it up. He ends up getting his limit, I think. He shoots 20 or he shoots six, you know, to get us to like 26 total. Uncle Rod, what about that? He was right in front of me. I I couldn't help it. He should have ran out in front of me. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? That's good. That was a good one. That was was a good one. And one of the other ones, it's a real quick story. I don't remember if we just got done with a rabbit hunt or if we just got done frog again down there. But Corey and I got back and, uh, we happened to walk out into the hog lot, and there was this big old fat possum. <laughs> I was there for this one. <laughs> I think it was frog gigging because it was summertime. Yeah, I, I think, think it was too. But we had we had our shotguns with it. I mean, every time we were down there, we were always ended up shooting something. Yeah. <clears throat> but we walked out in that barn lot. This possum was standing there, and Rodney looks at me. He goes, "You guys want to take care of that?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." So we're out there, we walk up on this thing, and I kid you not, like, we both shot, like, twice. This thing's, like, not moving. Like, we're watching it, you know, just making sure it's, it's dead, I guess. And then it, like, it, like, twitched its leg. <laughs> it's just, like, every time that thing moved, man, we just popped another round into it. That thing, oh, I felt so bad. Just like thinking about it, but it is such a, a point of like you remember that time. It's such a quick story. It's just so funny. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I remember that. It was every time that thing flinched. It, boom, 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 boom. And you guys would put I don't know how many rounds you guys put into that possum. And then it'd be a little bit of a, another silent, you know, twenty seconds, and then we're just still like bared down on this thing, twitching it. Fred like Fred like walks up on us. He's like, I think it's dead. I'm like, I don't know. They're just playing possum. I, think, I don't know. Yeah, right. You might move again. I got uh, old iron possum. Yeah, a farm raiding possum. So he had to go. <laughs> yep, he was eating the yeah. hog feed. Um, <laughs> speaking of that particular farm, if we all recall this story, um, it was about 2007. I think Christmas 2007. Uh, Eric, your friend Clint was with us, uh-huh. and they were yeah. talking about the farmers were talking about seeing a cougar or a mountain lion. Well, someone. Someone had had a trail camera out, and they caught a trail camera within, like, a mile of where we were. Oh, of of the mountain lion? Yeah, yeah. And we didn't Um, have our guns this time, apparently, because we got the bright idea to go hunting for the mountain lion with a... uh, Bowie knife? Bowie knife, a pitchfork, a frog gig... (laughs) Frog gig. Or the frog gig, a uh, pickaxe, yeah, pickaxe pick and a pickaxe. <laughs> and a frog gig. <laughs> and a can of Mountain Dew. Well, no, oh, he no, found no, no. the Mountain Dew. Oh, he found the Mountain Dew. So right, right. The story leading up to that, before that in November, I had belly crawled to get to these does. And I this is when I was fit and young. And I belly crawled for like a really long distance. 
and I had a can of Mountain Dew in my pocket and fell out. And I was so mad I lost my Mountain Dew. And uh, I ended up, you know, the deer, I don't, I think I shot over them or something. I, I completely whiffed. And uh, so I, I missed the deer, lost my Mountain Dew. It was a bad day. And then when we went to go kill this cougar with these weapons that we've gathered. <laughs> <It's arbitrary. laughs> and we did this at night, too. I remember we were walking around the dark like idiots. And somehow your buddy in, in, Clint, a, in a field where there are cows and bulls like <laughs> yeah. all over the place. And Clint somehow like, kicks up my Mountain Dew like a month later and cracks it open and chugs it. He's like, yeah, it's still cold or still good. Or, you know. <laughs> I was like, that was my Mountain Dew. He, he's also the one that like uh, we walked up towards the tree line and uh, we're like walking towards it. And we must have kicked something up something started crashing through the woods and he just goes he goes we just have to outrun eric and he starts running oh it's funny it was a good time though but what's uh <clears throat> what's crazy about all of that is the the cougar i don't know if that what year was it that you and i actually saw the cougar was it, it the same year it would have been the next spring. I the think. next spring. Yeah. When y'all were turkey hunting. Yeah. So yeah. as much as we thought it was kind of a hoax then. A little bit of a joke. Yeah. That's yeah, what so we were doing. That's what we were going doing. out there with these primitive weapons that weren't going to do anything to a cougar. The following spring, Brad and I are turkey hunting out there. And we had previously set up a tent. And I was going to go to the tent in the morning and he was going to go to another spot. A different tent. I think we had two. So I forgot my headlamp that morning, and so I'm walking out there trying to find this tent. Can't find it anywhere. It's not where we left it, so the wind must have blew it over or whatever. I don't know. I was getting frustrated, so I ended up just going back because I knew exactly where Brett was, and I went and sat with him. And like a lot of our hunting excursions, we didn't hear or see much. And so as it gets daylight, we're like, all right, let's go see if we can find this tent. It's ground blind. And so we walk over there and we're, we're getting probably about 120, 130 yards from where this ground blind should be in this field. And you can see way down this ravine and then back up the other side. And, uh, I stop and Brett and I both stop really. And we're like, what the heck is that? Yeah. And there's just something crouched in this tall grass, very close to where this ground blind is supposed to be. And we get to looking at it, scanning it. Next thing we know, we look at each other about the same time. We're like, that's a flipping cougar. Yeah. It was and, a very chilling moment. And yeah, the whole entire thing was just, I mean, it was a, our mood changed. We went from just kind of being happy go lucky to get our guns in a ready position because we don't know what's going to happen. And it's in a crouch position. Looking at us. Yep. Just staring at us. And then I guess it noticed that we noticed him and or her and turned and just leaped over a fence, but it wasn't like a deer that like bounds up and over. It was just almost like a straight line, just barely clears this fence. But like, it was long, like a long, a long tail. Yeah, like fifteen foot jump, like just Jeez. straight across. You know, only four feet high, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it was. I would have think it was a male because they say the if we see cougars in Missouri, it's usually males that are roaming around, and this is a big cat. Yeah, like, he's big. 
And it wasn't you the know, house of course, cat. you get the questions no. like, Dad, like, well, are you sure it wasn't a bobcat or wasn't a dog? I'm like, I never seen a dog clear a fence like that. No, like it was probably 10 feet from the fence. Yeah. Eight and, feet from and the fence. Just crazy bound. And one bound mm. just clears the fence and clears it by three or four feet on the other side and then just disappears. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I walked in here in the dark with no light and I didn't have my gun loaded. <laughs> I, that was easy meal. That was a, I was an easy meal. If that thing, the cougar was going meow, meow, meow. <laughs> but but the fact that he was already hunting us because like they're only crouched like that when they're ready to attack. Mm-hmm. You know. So how far do you think they he was away? It's probably about 100, 120 yards, I would guess. Nope. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like super close, but nope. yeah, close but enough. Can, nope. I respect your distance, Kitty. <laughs> yeah. I bet you they can clear a lot of distance quickly. That's pretty neat. I don't want to kill oh, it. I just want to say, I expect your distance. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, they can clear. I got, run, I, got uh, I got run up on by a wolf one time when I was hunting up north. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We were, that's about, we were about two hours north. Uh, it's not like north or, or wolves aren't really like prevalent too terribly much at this time. Now we have a bunch of them. We have like a full on wolf hunt now. Are they the smaller but, like uh, timber wolves, Eric? Are they like the gray wolves? They're more like timber wolves. Okay. Um, so I was 16, and we were up hunting on a property that we had gotten permission from a friend to hunt on for the weekend. <clears throat> and I went up, and we had uh, my dad shot a three point a three point buck <laughs> that he said he watched die midair, and it just plastered a tree and just fell down at the base of the tree believe him until i actually looked at the tree and about four and a half feet off the ground five feet off the ground there's a big red spot where this appeared and clobbered the tree and fell over dead but anyway so like i was gonna go set up um and a little bit farther down the property so i kind of went out that way and sat down and my dad said you know what he goes i'm gonna go past you on the property he goes but i'm gonna walk through this timber real quick and see if something kind of comes out okay not too worried about it uh, this is like, I don't know, it's like afternoon, we had eaten lunch, and we were just heading back out. <clears throat> I went and I got set up, and I'm looking around just to see if any deer are coming through, and I know my dad's walking up, so I hear this, like, rustling, and it's like, it's just like, you know how it's like, like they're deer running, right? So I quick turned around, because I heard it right behind me, and I mean, 20 feet from me. I turned around and instantly that it was, I knew it was a wolf. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've been very close to coyotes. I've seen a bajillion of them at this point. And I was like, just standing there and it just slammed on all fours and stopped and just took off the other way. And I was like, I, I had to do the, the check to make sure I hadn't uh, messed myself. Like <laughs> there was a tree that wasn't far away that I just put my gun down and climbed up it. I was like, no, I'm not dealing with this. Like if there's one, there's gotta be more kind of thing. I was going to say, it's probably the scout dad, wolf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey over here guys. Come on over. <laughs> yeah. So my dad, He's my dad had happened alone. to walk up, had happened to walk up near me and, and he saw that I was in a tree and he was like, what are you doing in there? I said, I literally just got run up on by a wolf. He goes, oh, yeah, I saw that this morning. I was like, wait a minute. Thanks. You saw this wolf this morning just, like, running through the field, and you didn't think to tell me? I was like, oh, I wasn't worried about it. 
Well, and you guys I'm like, didn't well, have phones I'm worried about then. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't have a phone until I was like 17 or 18, so like yeah. a couple of years later. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was something that's always stuck with me. And now when I go mm. to Cabela's here in town, like they have a really beautiful, like gray wolf, uh, I can't, like a bunch of taxidermists, like, scene i guess of like wolves standing on a rock and stuff and it just sends shivers up my spine seeing those things they're huge they're just so big and they oh yeah i would not want to go toe-to-toe with one so yeah i may have been wrong i don't think there are gray wolves in this area i think that they're all in uh uh, yellowstone that's where they were reintroduced to the area Mm -hmm. i know the smaller ones like timber wolves are in the north all i know is yeah we actually have they reintroduced them up here and they also reintroduced elk in Wisconsin, my my father in law has a cabin that's up in Mellon, Wisconsin, which is about thirty minutes from Clam Lake, uh, and that's where the they call it the Clam Lake herd. Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of elk up there, and there's ten tags that are given out each year. Five tags go to uh, Native American tribe that's up there, and then five get uh, a lottery drawn. And I put my name in every year to hopefully be able to go and take an elk in Wisconsin. They um, yeah they similar here in Missouri which yeah they do five seems, seems weird yeah have elk down here yeah. but yeah they have five tags yeah. and it's all lottery but <laughs> is it expensive up there for the lottery tag Eric non refundable <laughs> it is here in Missouri <laughs> no it's, <laughs> it's like no it's $10. like ten bucks I thought it was like yeah it's not refundable but it's ten bucks yeah it's same here it's only like ten bucks I thought it was over a hundred bucks I don't think so I had a conversation about this. At some point, sometime. We had it on one of our episodes, but we can't remember what that Because we talked about yeah, it. Go back Which to one is it, Eric? You, you list all our episodes religiously. <laughs> Episode 7, 8, <laughs> timestamp 36. I might have missed that one. I don't know, but I was driving. I think we're on our way back from Canada, and we're going through Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> And I saw a wolf. Oh, yeah, I saw a wolf on the side of the road, and big old boy. It was. It had. Thing had to be like two hundred pounds. I mean, <laughs> I was, you, can't, you can't kill them. Like you can't fight them. Like there's no, no way like, you're dead. Yeah, it's, and that's. I mean, I know everyone always talks about what are you doing, and when you when you go into an arena, like what's the biggest animal that you can kill? Hand to hand, no no weapons. I'm not. I'm not sure I could kill a wolf. I mean, if I had, if it's just one, maybe. It's just, yeah. One wolf versus one cougar, I'm picking a wolf, but I still don't know if I could kill. I mean, that's a big dog. Yeah, I think, dog. Uh, I think uh, in, that, in that regard, I could probably take a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I don't know. You always think you're the biggest predator out there when you're hunting, but you always get humbled when you realize there's things stalking you as well you saw that video i think it's alaska the guy or maybe not alaska but he's being stalked by a cougar and he's recording like an idiot but he has a walking gun, backwards walking backwards like an idiot mm-hmm. and it starts he shoots at it a couple of times but that thing was Mm-mm. i saw one where a guy didn't have a gun and he was walking backwards he was like running or hiking or whatever mm-hmm. and he just kept walking back oh, and, then, uh, and it just kept getting closer it was a mama mama cougar it's going for your jugular <laughs> yep so just I don't think you can beat a cougar. I don't know without a without so. a weapon. My my dad with the claws. Nope. a uh, he's a guide out in Colorado for elk hunts, and they had one of their clients take an elk, and they were bringing it back, yeah, horseback, and uh, he said he just didn't feel right 
kind of sensed something was going on. So he turned around in his saddle just to kind of watch behind him to see what was going on. And sure enough, there was a cougar that was just kind of criss- like crisscrossing across their trail. Just following. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's, that's at the point where I just look at you and be like, I will give you more money if you get me out of this alive. Because I don't want this to turn silent. into a situation yeah. where I'm, oh yeah. That's the problem. Like you can, you're talking about how you could hear the wolf come up on you. I mean, you can hear a wolf running through the leaves. You're not here. You don't hear a cougar. Like no. they're, they're silent. I watched a bobcat one time on a full, fresh, dry blanket of leaves. Didn't make a peep. I could just see it. I didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. It was bizarre. So you're not hearing a cougar either. Nope. I mean, it's funny that you talk about your relative, Eric. I didn't catch if you said your uncle or what. Big cousin, he said. One of my dad's cousins. I think he's my third cousin. Okay, so he got that weird feeling. That's the feeling Corin I got. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like you you almost feel like you're being watched. Yeah. I had that mm-hmm. one other t- at least one other time that I can recall I was in Colorado. It was when uh, my wife and I were on our honeymoon and we're hiking up uh it was at Seven Falls is what it was called and there was a big trail up on the top side of it. And we're walking around yeah. and Everything's, you know, birds are chirping, everything's fine. And then we get down to this little bit of a low spot and it just seemed kind of darker down there. I don't know how to explain it. Then all of a sudden there was no birds chirping. <laughs> and I'm just like, and there was nobody around. There's no people. And I, I just stopped and I looked at Emily. And I'm like, something feels off. Like, I just, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we need to get out of here. So we turned and we went back the other way. And sure enough, we get back to the the stairs to start going back down the the seven falls or whatever and we hear a guy saying hey just a heads up they spotted a bear just right up the mm-hmm. way over there i mean right where we were at yeah and i'm like that was it that's what I, I i could sense something was watching us and i don't know i'm assuming it was that bear but yeah crazy sure. stuff we didn't fight one of those either you know what no you know what humbles me every uh every morning that i go out that I that I roost turkeys. Now I realize how how small of a man I am. <laughs> <laughs> when a tur when a turkey roosts like above your head, <laughs> you legitimately think that Sasquatch is jumping out the tree to come murder <laughs> you. The, yeah. Like that is a very terrifying oh, sound. If I if I haven't woken up from the coffee that morning, once You're... that happens, I'm awake. Yeah. I'm good. You're awake now. Yeah, I I don't need to sleep for three days after that, man. I tell and you, I what. think it's so funny that like people probably would be like, "Oh, it's okay. Uh, it it bothers them too. Come oh, on, yeah. like it's yeah. terrifying. Everyone, like, you walk <laughs> out in the dark. <laughs> you think you're like, a big ah. bad dude until a flock of turkeys come flying out of a tree. <laughs> gobble gobble. Uh, Jump exactly. out of your britches. <laughs> <laughs> Even quail. Like I've walked to my stand in the dark, and I hit a cubby of quail. And that'll mm-hmm. about make you wet yourself because you don't know what's <laughs> happening for a few seconds. Like your brain has to process what's going on. And you're like, I really got that nervous over these little birds. <laughs> but it's the sound of yeah. sudden movement, you know, and you're you're already on high alert when you're walking through the woods at night anyway. Well, I'll tell you what's right. probably the most terrifying sound. One of the most terrifying sounds, more than a screech owl, more than all that. When you're in in the dark. So last year I was turkey hunting, and it was before the sun came up. 
and there's this big sycamore tree that has all these nests in it of, I believe they're either cranes or, or herons, one of the two. That animal, that bird, makes a squawk that sounds like a pterodactyl. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it's just like... Yeah. I was like, what is that? Like I woke up in Jurassic Park. Terrifying. Terrifying sound. If you ever hear a crane or heron make that sound in the dark and you don't know what it is and you can hear it flying above or doing it above your head. Yeah. That'll make you watch yourself. <laughs> you guys ever use technology to your advantage when you're hunting? As in texting? <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, not necessarily that. Yeah. Texting really like I, the two biggest deer I've ever shot in my life came 15 minutes after getting a text saying, Hey, I saw this coming your way. I didn't have a chance at that kind of thing. Um, but another thing that I think is almost kind of cheating is cell cams. Mm. But I get, I get, I got, I bought two cell cams this year and I got so incredibly addicted to that of like knowing the patterns of my deer. And I got a bunch of pictures that I, that I've sent Brett. I got, I had some really nice deer on camera. Man, they were always at night, always at night. And I'm like, man, he's going to slip up one day. I just hope it's when I'm there. Well, no, he decided to slip up on a Tuesday at like 2 p.m. while I'm working. <laughs> you know, just like the one time that I should have been in the stand, you know, he slipped by. It's so incredible, like all the information that we can use now compared to like when we were, when we were 12 starting out hunting. Oh, yeah. We went off like everything yeah. that our parents told us to do and what we had learned at that point or tried at that point. But now it's like the information is like the topographics of where you're hunting and everything, where the water sources are. It's so like readily at your fingertips. But I don't feel like hunting has gotten any easier. <laughs> well, I mean, I believe a year ago-ish we had a podcast and I was talking about cell cams. And I said, I'll let you know how I what my thought is on them because I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is kind of a kind of cheating. I mean, you're kind of, you're always yeah. knowing where the deer are. If they walk by the camera, of course, exactly when they walk by the camera. So like we had a few as well and I'm at work and I get a picture of a really nice buck. I just got up and left work and went <laughs> hunting for it. I saw a bunch of deer that evening, but I didn't see that buck, but right. But yeah, it's it's very readily available. I mean, you're seeing that deer's movement within two, three minutes after it walks by the camera. Um, saw some really nice deer this year. One huge one. Uh, of course, the deer that I end up shooting, though, never got a picture of it. Yep, never seen that. Not a single picture of this deer. I was, so the year I killed that 12 point, I had trail cams running. They weren't cellular. The year that I shot my, my 10 point with my bow, I had trail cams running. Never had a picture of him. Yeah. He just showed up. You know, it's it's insane how far these deer move. And it's like as, as much research and as much homework you can do on the land that you hunt on, I still feel like it's a crapshoot. Yep. Yep. So to answer your question, no, I don't think that I'm now a believer that cell cams are not cheating because 
I watch them like a hawk, like you did. It's addicting. I mean, I'm like waking mm-hmm. up at three in the morning because I hear my phone yep. go off. <laughs> Is it a giant? Exactly. And yes, I killed the biggest buck to date in my life. You know, he was about a 150 and never had a single picture of this deer all season long. So he did not, that those cameras yeah. did nothing to help me. In fact, I hunted an area that wasn't even close to the cell cameras because I wasn't getting I mean, the intel yeah, there. popped up a blind, yeah, exactly. So It's just they, crazy how that works, you know? They're a but tool. But then again, it's like, I'm also, I'm also very, I'm very uh, happy that, you know, other aspects have gotten to a point where it's it's readily available. Like with, with this deer that I shot uh, back in 20, uh, you know, I've got a 10-point. He's a... He's not a bad 10 point. He's a little smaller than I thought he was. He's a 122 inch deer, but he's, he's a beautiful deer. This is the one that weighed 220 pounds field dress. He's, he was a big dude, man. And it's it was a huge deer body wise. It was, it was a long night. I shot this deer, um, a little, a little back I ended up hitting him in the liver. And, uh, I had trailed him for about 60 yards. And I was like, you know what? I'm not seeing bubbles. Like, blood's not the right color that I'm looking for. And I was like, I'm just going to back out. And I decided that I was going to call a dog team in. Well, not a team, just just to call a dog in. You know, I'm going to give Paw this the best chance I can. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, yeah. <laughs> Ace is on the case. Be there uh, on the <laughs> so, no, I, I called a, a, a deer service, uh, Jaeger's Deer Recovery, uh, out of Stoughton here. And uh, about 15 minutes from where I hunt. And uh, they came out. I was at work. My dad happened to be home that day. And I said, Dad, would you mind taking him out, showing him where it's at? My dad said, watching that dog work was just incredible. Like, you could just see that dog thinking. And if he missed something, he'd come back, smell something, and be like, oh, okay, I found it. You know, and he found that deer within about 20 minutes. Uh, of them tracking it and it was not a short track that deer he went he went almost 600 yards ended up uh, expiring down by a creek which i mean that makes sense right with the liver shot and uh i got a text about 10 a.m my dad holding this deer and i i was in the middle of a one-on-one with my boss um, and i was an employee of this company for three months and I just jumped up in elation, and I was like, "Yeah!" And my boss was like, "What? What?" And I was like, "Oh, dude!" I was like, "I just, I was like, I just got the biggest archery kill of my life." And he's like, "No way, man! Congratulations!" He's like, "Just call me back later." And he hung up. So I was like, "All right." I called my dad, you know, called the the and the deer recovery guy was there, and he was just like, he was super excited, like he he gets a high off of his dog, you know, making that that excitement come to you sure and it, it was so incredible to like hear about that i wish i was there to see it but like utilizing what we have and i'm not ashamed to say that i used a dog i was just like back in back when i started i, I took some shots and i took some shots i took the first deer i ever killed with my bow we tracked it for about 75 yards and i was like man maybe we should back out and wait and then uh luckily we just we just went back out and took four more steps and he was right there but like it kind of takes the, the guest out of it because the deer the best chance it gives you the best chance to have an ethical kill or yeah. to um acquire your your animal 
even if he didn't make the best shot. I made a lethal shot, but it would have been very hard for me to find that deer without that dog. Yeah, definitely. Because I know in Missouri you have to make a uh, reasonable attempt to mm-hmm. recover. So yep. that's an ongoing debate with type of um, things you can use to find that. So that's cool that you got to have that experience. Yeah, man, they even got a, uh, they do it now where they do drone recovery. Really? They use drones to find deer. They yeah. use drones to find deer? That's odd. They use drones to find deer. Yep, they use heat signatures. Um, there's a, a page that I follow on Facebook. Mm. And, okay. you know, it's, Do it's they like use the Wisconsin. DJI M30 uh, thermal drone for that? Is it, uh, drone, is it drone deer recovery by chance? Probably, yeah. We've heard of them. Your own deer recovery. Something like that. That's a pretty cool but, concept. I mean, this, Very cool. The, the group that I follow is like, it's the community of deer hunters. And these guys would post on it and say like, hey, look what we found. Like, we recovered this deer with a drone. And I'm just like, a yeah, drone? Yep. What? <laughs> like, it's just, it's incredible. We've talked so to I those think, guys. I think that, you know, again, along the lines of like, hands being suddenly in pictures all the time, it's not really cheating. I also think that the other end of it, like, to make sure your recovery is get the best chance that you can. Yeah. That's also an outlaw. It's no different than using a dog. I mean, no. What if the deer's still alive? Right. You know, it's like, what are you going to, the dog's going to still see it? That's where it's a, A that's where it's a gray area right now, at least in Missouri. In their state, in in Ohio, it's, it's pretty cut and dry that they can do it. But in a lot of states right now, they don't have that. Iowa's a no-go. Missouri's, they don't know what the heck they're. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We actually uh, talked to him on the phone. What? Uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, yeah, a week or two ago, yeah, with the deer recovery guys, the drone deer recovery guys, and uh, just ask them some questions. Um, very interesting concept, though. It is, you know, yeah, pretty, pretty neat for sure. Boys, anything else you guys got for Mr. Eric here? I um, might have a two-parter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah we, i mean we definitely, i do we, want more to talk about i think uh time wise i think we gotta we gotta wrap it up but we definitely want you on again um the show for sure because we want to get to the fishing side too yeah because i know that's a big part of your uh <laughs> yeah your outdoor experience so <laughs> and but, really, really appreciate you joining us yeah, today, man. man i appreciate it guys I, I was really excited when you when you asked me i didn't i was I almost wanted to be like, "Hey, can I do it?" Like, I want to, I want to join, but like, just waiting for y'all to ask. And <laughs> yeah, I'm you, glad we did it. It's just you're it's welcome fun anytime, to be able to man. chat it's with you guys. Like, uh, love to have you get get back on again, and uh, we won't we won't wait years or anything like that. So we'll try to get back on to so continue <laughs> the story. So, there you go. but with for that, sure. we'll uh, we'll let you go on that. Um, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>